1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome back. It's overtime here on 1067 The Fan and always streaming live nationally with the free Odyssey app. It's the Youngest in Charge movement, Lanelle Willingham. Ride with it till 105 this afternoon before we dish to rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you warmed up for Nats, baseball Nats and Giants from Nats Park coming up at 1.35 Eastern Time. You can hear all of the action right here on the radio flagship home of your Washington Nationals 1067. The fame. Right now though, we're gonna continue to hit the phones. one 800 636 1067 is the number on the MGM. National Harbor, the Lines. Lions. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll be taking your calls all morning long. If the Josh Harris-led group decides that a rebrand is not in the cards for the team moving forward, how will it impact your fandom? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BCP, one of my absolute favorites on the line. Sabah, North Carolina. When she's not saving lives, she's hey, busy man. calling our radio station. How are you? Long time no and, talk. i
3: uh, enjoying the weekend away a little bit. And uh, just uh, for a little bit. let me chime in and see who's on. And I saw the big fella. I hadn't called you in a while, so I apologize. Yes, uh, I'm ma'am. Not well, been, I mean, you okay. you busy. busy so, so um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> listening. I'm definitely listening. It. All right, so. I got, yes, I want a rebrand. I think that was what your main question was. Mm -hmm. And if they go back to the Redskins, I will buy the most expensive season (laughs) ticket that's available. And that's not, I can't even go to half the games. probably two games. I'll give the rest away because I'm from North Carolina, you know. But it's just, just, I'll be so happy. It's my sort of um, way of donating uh, to the team. And let's talk about the name real quick. So you're saying that it's racist and everybody has the right to their opinion. And, you know, you do too. I -hmm. don't think it is. Do you feel the word Hooters is sexist and chick is sexist?
2: Like Hooters like the restaurant,
3: Sabah? Yeah. Are you okay with the name Hooters? Honestly, really honestly my, 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 my,
2: my, my introduction to the word was the restaurant, mm-hmm. and I associate it with women and not a lot of clothes, serving food.
3: Exactly. So is that not sexist? Because when I hear Redskins, when mm-hmm. I was five years old, I associate that with a football team. Yes. You associate yours with women with boobs sticking out of their shirt serving you. <laughs> that is what so which is? one's better? Which one's better? Look. What if I had a restaurant named Balls and Bats and all the guys were in g strings serving you? And <laughs> see, we got bone <laughs> wings
2: here. No boneless here. Uh, well, Sabah, tell, I, I, I'll tell you where I wouldn't eat at. <laughs> right. You wouldn't eat there, would you? No. Hell no. Of course okay. not.
3: I get so what you're the saying, the name though. is huge. Yeah. But yes. okay, so let's just be careful what. People tell you is something doesn't make it true just because you hear it on the news or you hear it from people the who hate it. Let me say this. The only
2: reason yes. I even use the R word to describe the name Redskins, calling it racist if you use the name, is because of the group of Native Americans that spoke out about it. Now, if they weren't offended, fine. If someone, okay, if one, one my, my thing is, Sabah, if one person's offended, yeah. that's enough to, to, to signify change.
3: Uh, well, you can't do that in life. and We would say no word because I'm offended by Hooters. and 50% yes, of the population is offended by Hooters. Okay, so now, mm-hmm. can you please talk to these the Native American, hold on, see their handle. I don't know if you've seen them on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They are a group that is being ignored, and they are called NAGA, I think, N-A. It's called the Native American Guardian Association. Okay. It's at Guardians Native. They would love to be on your show. They were on Al Galdi's podcast.
2: They And not. Native, okay. Eradicate. So the N A G A as a Native yes. American culture. American party.
3: I want you to have them okay. on your show. Give the other side a chance to talk. Hundred percent. Because the name Redskins was not developed by people ripping skin off, which I've never even heard of in my life. It was by the Native Americans in eighteen or something. That's what they called them. Differentiate themselves from the whites. It was an honorable thing it wasn't bad
2: and i've heard that and i've heard that and okay, i'll be honest so with you about i haven't why isn't
3: that true? i haven't dug into it enough to dig well, in. this is important identity is important not it just is. winning the, the worst thing you can do to somebody is not know who you are right 110 a 110%. kid it's the worst thing you got to know who you are before you can do anything else in your life and a team can't do anything if they don't know who they are and they are disenfranchised all of us with that stupid C-word. We gotta get rid of Dan. <laughs> the stench of Dan is yes. on this team.
2: Now I but do agree with that, point. Sabah, and I appreciate the call. I think what Sabah just hit on, it is my number one argument to get rid of the commanders if it was going to be done. It's the last, it's the last memory of Daniel Snyder. But FedEx Field is also what I like to call a Daniel Snyder production. So to to put a bow on this conversation and to wrap it up, to me, I think a name change does eventually happen because I think there is, even though I haven't heard from him today on this show, there is enough people out there who have voiced their opinions about how much they hate this current name that I feel like the Josh Harris-led group trying to appease that group will eventually change the name. But you know what I think? The name should also, the, the name should be changed along with the stadium being built. Those are two things that I think have to happen hand in hand. You can't have one happen and then the other. And based on the timeline of how often you're allowed to rebrand, I think it makes perfect sense when they find a new stadium and when they decide that they're going to move into a new stadium, which seems like it's going to be 2027, 2028, that is the time to rebrand and get a new name. Let's go to Leticia in D.C. What's going on, Leticia?
3: Well, I feel like this. Mm-hmm. I feel like the commanders is good, but I'm always gonna know him as the
4: Redskins too. Because I've been a Redskins since I was eight. But if he does not change his the name, then
2: if he don't change it, then it ain't gonna affect my fan base. Yeah. Now is that is that something, Leticia? Where you feel like where you, where you feel like it's 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 one or the other for you?
4: Right. I would like for it to stay the Redskins because that's all I knew. But on the other hand, if he doesn't change it, it's not going to change my
2: – I'm always going to be a fan. Well, look, I, I appreciate your call, and I'm glad that you feel that way because anyone out there that, that doesn't feel how Letitia feels, are you even a real fan? Are you even a real fan? Well, take a quick timeout. When we come back, it's Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six
1: commander storylines.
2: Welcome back. It's Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're simulcasting on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. The Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with you till 105 this afternoon. Before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler, they'll get you warmed up for Nats and Giants. If you're on the way to the ballpark right now, it's warm outside. It's very warm outside. So before we get to Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six storylines, heading into training camp. As I was getting ready to leave this morning, first of all, it's been absolutely horrible. As far as weather is concerned, here in the DMV, I'm not a summer cat. I'm a little bit heavier. I sweat a lot in places that I'm uncomfortable sweating in. But I'm looking at the forecast. Training camp opens up this week for your Washington Commanders. Three days away. July the 26th. Wednesday. Wednesday. Day one of practice. Can I give you the opening three-day forecast for Washington Commanders training camp? 95 degrees, 96 degrees, and 99 degrees. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It is going to be spicy. Tempers are going to be flaring. There's a new energy around the team. I cannot wait to be out there boots on the ground at training camp, man. If you're out there and you see the youngest in charge, who will make sure you say hello. I don't bite even though I may sound like I do. I promise I don't. We got Charles Leno, the starting left tackle of the Washington Commanders, get ready to join the program in about 15 minutes or so. We'll ask him his thoughts on a potential rebrand for the Burgundy and Gold, uh, plus what life has been like under the stewardship of new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. But like I said, training camp, getting ready to commence in about three days. So what perfect, better time to give you all another installment of Nell's Super 6-pack my top six commander storylines heading into training camp.
5: Nell Super Six Pack. One. three,
2: three. three two, one. Let's get to it. Number six. Nell's Super Six Pack. My top six commander storylines heading into training camp. Number six very obvious we've discussed it all summer long will chase young return back to the 2020 defensive rookie of the year form and if you all have been listening to 106.7 the fan of the team 980 you know the youngest in charge movement is team chase young i don't care what my colleagues have to say about chase young or how much they don't believe in him or how much of a bust they think he is i'm telling you when you've gone through the adversity that Chase Young has had to deal with over the past 18 months, you come out on the other side of it, an even better man. If you don't think this dude is motivated and ready to prove all the doubters wrong, you just clearly don't know my man. You just clearly don't know my man. I think he bounces back. He's been posting workout videos. He's been up at Ohio State with well-renowned defensive line coach, Randy Johnson. He's getting it in and I expect him to play a huge part in this commander's defense uh, coming up in the fall. Number five in Nell Super Six Back, my top six storylines heading into training camp. How does Eric Bieniemy handle being a play caller for the first time? I think we all have this assumption that Washington is gonna hit the ground running on the offensive side of the football. I would love for that to be the case, but I do understand that there are a lot of moving parts. New offense being installed, new voice at the helm of the whole thing with Eric Bieniemy. Being out there during OTAs and minicamp, though, the sense of urgency on that side of the football heightened. They get it. They're moving with more tempo. There's a sense of togetherness. And there's a sense of accountability that I just didn't see with this group last year. I think it pays dividends. But it'll be interesting to see early on what type of growing pains the offense goes through, and if Eric Biennium is able to handle it or not. Number four, in Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six storylines heading into Washington Commanders training camp. Number four, who gets signed to contract extensions during training camp? Washington next year, next fall, is going to have $80 million worth of cap space. But they got a lot of guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents at season's end. Some big time players, guys like Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Cameron Curl, Antonio Gibson. I think the new ownership group here in D.C. is going to get the ball rolling early after talking around Rivera and company, seeing who deserves to be back. I think they'll have those conversations, and I think we'll see something get done. But the big names that I know a lot of us are concerned about, and if this was not a transition of power happening right now, we'd probably see an extension already for a Cameron Curl. We'd maybe see an extension already for a guy like Antonio Gibson, Kendall Fuller, set to be a free agent, Curtis Samuel, set to be a free agent. Which one of those guys gets the bag before the season even starts? That's number four in now, Super Six Pack. My top six commander storylines heading into training camp. Number three in now, Super Six Pack. Can the defense elevate to another level? Think about what this group did last year. Seventh overall in defensive DVOA. They were top five in pretty much every major statistical category, including number one in the National Football League and third down percentage. That group is full of doubts, right? They got guys at every level of this defense that I think has pro Bowl potential. We all tout this defensive front. Four first-round picks. Highlighted by John Allen and De'Ron Payne. That group is legit. They added to the secondary with their two richest picks in the draft back in April. Quan Martin in the second round. The nickel out of Illinois. And then Emmanuel Forbes, their first round pick. May not pass the eye test. He's a little bit skinny. Lighting the britches. But he's a playmaker. The FBS leader in career pick sixes now plays for the Burgundy and Gold. If you all don't think that this defense they're going to take another step forward this year. I don't know what to tell you. I am fully banking on this defense carrying this football team during the early portion of the season. Number 2, and super six pack, my top 6 commander storylines heading into training camp. Can the offensive line bounce back from a subpar 2022 campaign? Let's let's call it what it is. Last year this offensive line didn't meet our expectations. And the sad part about it, and the unfortunate part about it, is in 2021, it kind of felt like toward the end of the season, during that winning streak that they went on, at the end of 21, the offensive line was the strength. But last year, for whatever reason, the eye test will tell you that that group struggled immensely. But I also believe that the offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, didn't put that group in the best position to succeed. And for that... I think it's hard to really pound the table and say how bad the offensive line stunk last year because when you got a toddler calling plays, your guys aren't always going to be in the best position to succeed. A guy like a Charles Leno had his struggles last year. I expect him to fully bounce back with a new play called Eric Biennemi. What we've seen during the early portions of OTAs and minicamp is that Eric Bienemi in the scheme that they're going to run offensively, is going to protect the offensive line when needed. But I fully think they're not going to need as much protection as we all think. Just like Chase Young hears all the noise about how he's a bust and how he's got to bounce back. This commander's offensive line hears the exact same thing. It's a very prideful group. They got a new leader in Chevelle Wharton. I expect that group to bounce back. And I think At the end of the 2023 campaign, if they're put in positions to succeed, the offensive line may end up being one of the strengths of this football team heading into next year. Number one in L Super Six Pack, my top storyline heading into commander's training camp, pretty simple. The quarterback battle. Is there even a quarterback battle? We watched all of OTAs and all of mandatory minicamp. Jacoby Brissett did not receive a single first-team rep. Does that change during training camp? Does Sam Howell do enough to keep Jacoby Brissett on the back burner? We've been saying it all summer long, man. Those joint practices with the Baltimore Ravens, to me, are what's going to determine who was the week one starter for the Washington Commanders. That's going to do it, though, for now. Super six-pack, my top six commander storylines heading into training camp. Coming up next, as promised, the starting left tackle of the Washington Commanders, Charles Leno, said to join us next here on The fam. It's overtime here on 1067 The Fan. We're simulcasting on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Liddell Willingham, riding with you till 105 before we dance the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you warmed up for Nats and Giants. And per usual, you can hear all of the action right here on the flagship of the Washington Nationals, 1067 The Fan. Right now, let's not waste. Any more time, we go out to the BetQL guest hotline, BetSmart to Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. We're joined there by the starting left tackle of your Washington Commanders, Charles Leno. Charles, what's going on, my man? How you feeling? What's up? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm still icing my hamstrings after being out there with y'all yesterday, man. Running around with the kiddos. I am... Not in as good a shape as I thought I was, Charles.
4: Yeah, you was working, man. I'm very <laughs> impressed, though, man. We got to hire you back as a volunteer, man. You hey, look, man,
2: definitely appreciate you having us out there. And shout out to Foster the Family, D.C., man, for, for putting on a great event. It was, it was definitely good to help out with you all. Football right around the corner, though, big fella. We are three days away from practice number one of training camp. Technically, I guess it will be practice number two for you all. You all got a through on Tuesday, and then you hit the field for real on Wednesday. As you get ready to enter... I believe this is year number 10 for you right charles yep as you get number ready to ten. enter yeah. as you get ready to enter year number 10 training camp number 10 how's your body feeling being a former seventh round pick out of boise state man are, are you blessed to be here
4: uh first yeah my body feels good um you know feeling really good going into this going into my 10th year of the season um feel like I'm in better shape than I have been in previous years, so that's a plus. And then always blessed, man. Every single time you get a chance to, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, be in the National Football League is a, is a blessing, especially where I come from and where I came from. Um, I'll never
2: forget it. Yeah, 110%, man. Your story, one of the best in the National Football League, man. To be able to carve out as long as a career uh, as you have, being a seventh-round pick, man, is special, and it really highlights the type of worker you are, man. And I know working is something that this commander's offensive line has been doing all offseason. You guys now under the stewardship of Travell Wharton. What has been the biggest difference dealing with coach Wharton in comparison to coach Matsko and how's the transition been?
4: Um Travell um he's played the game. So yeah. he sees it through a different lens, you know. Yeah. He sees the game through the lens of a player. So that's help, helpful and beneficial. Um and he understands what it takes um and how hard it is to do the job we do. So When things, you know, when things happen, you know, at OTAs and out at minicamp, like he wasn't, he wasn't blowing up or anything like that. He was like, no, we just got to get better. We got to execute. Like, I understand things happen, but things that's not going to happen on my watch is, you know, mental errors and things like that. But you're going to get beat. That's going to happen. But we're going to work on everything we possibly can do technique wise to, you know, negate those things. So he's doing a really good job. And. You know, I really, really appreciate him and how he's, you know, take over this offensive line coaching role.
2: Definitely, man. I'm definitely going to be paying attention to that position group with a keen eye once training camp starts. Charles, I know you've got a family at home and a wife at home that you go to, but how difficult was it for you all to flush what happened last season? You guys were, felt like you were right on the doorstep of, you know, clinching your second playoff berth in three years. What was the feeling like at the end of the season? And, And for you personally, how long did it take you to finally flush things and and get your mind on this year?
4: Um, you know it's tough being in it. It's winning on its way harder, yeah. um, especially for me now. Um, you know older and my later on in my career. You know, um, so being in it is tough. But uh, after the season's over, I mean, I flush it quick. I mean, right. it's over. We can't right. I kind of flush it after the game's over. Once once we realize we wasn't making the playoffs, it was whatever. It's, yeah. it's, it's over. We can't go back and change anything. All you can do is look forward to next year and, you know, the work that you've got to put in starting in the offseason. So that's what I did. I just got back to, you know, Texas where we live in the offseason and, you know, got to work and, you know, got, got away from football, literally got completely away from football and just was really present and engaged with my family. Um, and that gave me, you know, some good spirit, good life. Um, so when I get back to football, you know I can appreciate it and enjoy it, but when you're in the grind when it's, you, know, you know those days uh, that you're doing those those dog days of of the yeah. season and of the camp, it gets tough, but you know why you play that game? I know why I play this game I'm looking at pictures right now of my family <laughs> that's who I do it for, and that's why I play this game so um you know when i when I was able to spend time on this off season, it really got me reconnected.
2: Definitely, man. We're joined right now on the BetQL Guest Hotline by the starting left tackle of the Washington Commanders, Charles Leno. And Charles, obviously one of the big stories of the offseason was Coach Eric Bianami coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs, taking over this offense. You've gotten to work with him for a couple of months now here. How do you think this offensive scheme uh bets fits you guys' strengths as an offensive line? And how has it been like, you know, getting the tough coaching from him?
4: Um you know, scheme and all that stuff—that's for—that's for Eb. I let him do all that, but I can just talk about the person he is and how he just motivates us every day, um, pushes us, and you know, holds us accountable um, as as players in the National Football League. We want to be great. We want to be pushed. We want to be the best because we want to win championships. And we have a coach that's doing that. And I don't think anybody—I um, don't think anybody on the offense doesn't want that, you know, and if yeah. they don't want that, they'll be weeded out quick, and we don't want them here. We want guys that want to work, guys that want to win championships, and the guys that want to be the absolute best.
2: Charles, I want to ask you about somebody you got to go up against a little bit during the mandatory mini camp and there's no pads on, so it's really hard to get a gauge on where guys are at, but what would you think about Chase Young and, and his burst and how he looks removed from that oh. uh, ACL injury that he had during the, during the yeah, last year. Yeah, I mean, Chase, he's definitely
4: had, um, over the last couple of years, he's definitely had uh, some down years, with whether with injury or play or whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. um, what I've seen out of him is just, uh, you know, he's getting back to himself. He's, he looks very springy. He looks very explosive. Um and I, and just the, off of not even off of the physical aspect, just mm-hmm. the mental aspect. He looks like he's enjoying a football again. So that's the number one thing that you got to have is the m- mental aspect, right? Once right. you have that right, then everything else will take care of itself. I mean, he's the second overall pick for a reason. The right. physical traits are there. It's not all about the physical traits for him. It's all mental for him. So if he takes care of that, everything will be good for him. And you know, he, he looked really good. I'm excited to see what he does this year.
2: Charles, I don't know if you know, man, the DMV. Burgundy and Gold Faithful everywhere is buzzing right now. Thursday, the official transition to power from Daniel Snyder to the now the Josh Harris-led group. He bought every fan out at our party out at the Navy Yard and bullpen a free beer. As you enter year number 10 here, and you've been around this fan base for a couple of seasons now, do you guys feel the shift in energy that's happening right now? And does it make you more excited for what's to come here in 2023?
4: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I felt – so, like you said, I've been here for two years. I mm-hmm. haven't really been here for a while. But, you know, over these last two years, going to year three, what I have felt is the shift in energy. And, you know, first and foremost, I'm going to start with on the team, and that's the coach itself. Like I said, Eric B. Me, that was a huge shift and change for our offense, uh, for our team. He brings a different energy, so I felt that. But just coming from the fans, the fans have definitely, yeah. you know, what I feel, and hopefully I see it, Mm -hmm. that's what I care about the most. I mean, feelings and action are two different things. (laughs) I just want to see the feeling come, I mean, I just want to see the action come from the feeling. I want to see fans pack that stadium. Um, If it was all about the change of regime, if it was was all about the older regime, and that's why fans didn't want to come out, well, it's a new one. So let's get some new fans, let's get some new blood, let's get some new life into that stadium, um, and we'll put on a good product. So that's what I'm. I'm willing, and uh, can't wait
2: to see. We're joined right now by Commander, starting left tackle Charles Leno on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smart, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. I know you are not a coach, Charles, so you don't make personnel decisions in terms of the depth chart. But you have gotten a up close and personal look uh, at the quarterback competition between Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett this off season. First of all, speak about what you've seen from Jacoby coming over from Cleveland, a veteran guy, and then talk about some of the steps you've seen Sam take since he's taken over. Um,
4: yeah, I mean, you said it. Veteran guy. I mean, you know, he's he's seen it all, done it all. Uh, nothing much can really phase him, so, you know, he has that, that knack of, you know, just really calm and, you know, just both of them, actually, yeah, I think yeah. about it, both of them really calm and, you know, nothing really phases him, and you know, Sam's just developing. He's just growing. Um, you know, I, like I said, only been around for like a week of mandatory minicamp. Mm-hmm. But what I have seen is, you know, he, he understands the playbook. He understands everything. So it's just putting it out there, going out there and putting, you know, putting drives together, putting plays together and scoring some points, you know, so we can, you know, win some games. So at the end of the day, Whatever the coaches make, that's their decision. But I'm excited for uh, both of these guys to come out here and compete for our team. And I'm very comfortable with whoever is, is chosen
2: as our you know, QB1. Charles, I don't know if you looked at the forecast coming up for the week, my boy. 95, 96, 99 for the first three practices of camp. Well, how does that
4: make you feel? Well, I was training in Texas, so it was <laughs> so 105, 106, 107, Jeez. 108. So, what's what's 10 degrees less? Hopefully, it feels better, you know. Right. But now. Nah. Um, practice is going to be practice, man. you know, I don't care how well you've been training. I don't care how how much you've been running and doing all that, guys posting all these videos and crap. It doesn't really matter. Right. Football's football. When you get back to football, you ain't going to be in football shape unless you're doing football. Right. It's different when you're doing drills too. Guys posting all their drills and stuff like that. No, nah, it's different when you got somebody in front of you. So, at the end of the day, you're only going to get in football shape by playing football. So, i bring it on, man. I'm ready. I, I've been doing this for a while.
2: Charles, I'll let you go on this, my man. So you guys get to joint practice with the Baltimore Ravens. First of all, how many times in your career have you gotten to participate in joint practices? And what do you think of the benefits of it?
4: Uh, I think I've participated in at least this will be my third or fourth joint practice. I know I, I want to say it's my third. I know I did it with the Colts yeah. back when I was in Chicago and Denver, when I was in Chicago, and I want to say one more, but I don't remember. Um, But the joint practices, I feel like joint practices are very beneficial for, you know, the players. Um, That's just my personal opinion. Uh, I mean, the players, I know for me as a young guy, like I got a lot of reps at camp my second year in the league. And I think that helped me be the player I am right now. Um, And you need those reps. And sometimes you don't get enough reps in the game. Uh, preseason games is limited. You know, they got the guys they want to put out there. But if you are showing some, you know, splashes and some plays and making plays and doing some things and turning some heads and, you know, popping some eyes out there during a the joint practice, what you're doing is not only letting your team know how valuable you are, you're letting another team know. Right. Because at the end of the day, I tell guys, all my young guys, all the guys that I come across, I tell them at the end of the day, you want to be on this team, you want to make this team, but you're auditioning for 31 other teams as well. This is a national football league. Once that tape is out there, that's your resume. So it doesn't really matter if you make this team. If you put on a good tape and put on some good work, another team will be out there and pick you up. So I always try to appreciate that. I always try to let the guys know that um, because that's that's what's most important. You want a job in the league. You don't want a job for just the team you're on. You want a job in the league. So. Um, that's what joint practices do, give you some exposure to other teams. So it's really
2: good. Definitely. And as a lineman, I know it's definitely probably cool getting to see different types of pass rushes instead of going against the same rushes for three weeks to a month at a time. Charles, I'll let you go on this, my man. We are not the official radio station of the Washington Commanders, so we are the home of Washington football. If you have a message to give to the Burgundy and Gold Faithful as we sit three days out from training camp, the floor is yours. My message. Come out and show out. That's all I gotta say. I'm out and show out. You heard it here first, Charles. I appreciate you giving me some time, baby. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. That is Charles Leno's, ladies and gentlemen. That was uh, that was fun, man. It gets it gets my energy flowing, man. When you hear him talking about how amped up this team is, the the environment and the energy around it, it just feels different, man. And being that he came from the Chicago Bears, another very very passionate fan base, to hear him speak about. This fan base that way, man. It tells you, y'all doing y'all thing. But as he said right there at the end of that interview, man, come up and show out. That's all it is to it, man. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll take a spin around the NFCs. Got a couple of hot button storylines with the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. We'll hit on that next you on the fam. To Commanders left tackle Charles Leno for joining the program. If you missed any of that conversation, you're in luck. Make sure you download the always free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to the 11:35 segment to hear my conversation with Commanders left tackle Charles Leno. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're simulcasting on our sister station, the Team 980, as well, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, but taking you up to 105 this afternoon. Before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler, they'll get you warmed up for Nats and Giants. I'm looking out the windows here at our 1015 Half Street Studios here in downtown D.C., about a block away from Nats Park and starting to see the red coming out of the metro. Folks filing in and getting ready to come watch some afternoon matinee baseball, baby. Definitely uh, excited to see how the fellas act in this second half of the season, man. There's just a, a new buzz and a new energy, man. Uh, the Nats first round pick Dylan Cruz selected number two overall out of LSU. He had his introductory press conference yesterday and we'll air some of that audio for you coming up in the 12 o'clock hour at about 1230. Our pal Ryan Clary is set to join the program. Uh, he is the host of the locked on nationals podcast. We'll get his thoughts on the second half of the season and, If he was impressed or not with Dylan Cruz's opening press conference, all that more coming up at about 1230 when our pal Ryan Clary joins the program. I want to reflect a little bit while we got a second here on what Charles Leno had to say during our interview with him, man. And the one thing that he highlighted that is very, very interesting to me, this offense, man, it's the big question mark. It's the big unknown for this football team heading into the fall and, if you heard any of my conversation with Charles, man, it doesn't seem like a group that's lacking confidence, right? It almost feels like it almost feels like one of those groups where it's like, man, you know what? Everyone's doubting us. Everyone feels as if, you know what? Nah. Forget the commanders. They hear every last word of that. With a veteran like Charles Leno anchoring this commander's offensive line, if they can all five stay healthy and stay on the same page, that in combination with the new scheme that Eric Biennium is bringing here to D.C., I fully expect this commander's offensive line to bounce back next year. I really do. Because part of their struggles last year, to me at least, had a lot to do with guys being asked to do things that simply they shouldn't be asked to do. Right? I mean, let's let's be honest here. As a play caller, as a play caller... You want to call plays that play to the strengths of your of your personnel, right? Let's let's just call it what it is, right? You want to call plays to play to the strength of your personnel. Last year, you just didn't see that on a consistent basis, man. Anyone who watched this group last year should should have understood that you know what? The seven step drop back passing game probably isn't their strength. We got big, burly, powerful offensive linemen, right? Their strength moving forward, hitting people, being the aggressor. We didn't see them do that enough last year. But they've made some personnel changes up front. The guard pair of last year was Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner, two washed-up veterans that their best football clearly was behind them once they got here to D.C. But the guard pair that we expect to see this year, right now it's Sadiq Charles at the left guard spot and Sam Cosmi at the right guard spot. You know what Sadiq Charles and Sam Cosme are damn good at? Getting out in open space and getting a body on somebody. The Washington Commanders last year had one of the worst screen games in all of the National Football League. And When you have an offensive line that struggles, the screen game can oftentimes slow down an opposing team's pass rush and make life a little bit easier for you. I expect, and I said this to Charles yesterday out of the camp, man. He said, man, I'm excited. EB's got us moving. Elephants on parade is how I like to describe it, man. Just five big, burly 300-pounders going out and stepping on corners and linebackers like they're bugs. That's what I get geeked up for when I'm watching offensive line play. And I think the players, they like that too. It's much easier, being a former offensive lineman myself, It's it's much easier to play the position when you're in attack mode, right? When you're having to be passive and you're waiting and you're catching contact, it's no fun. It's not why you sign up to play the position. So moving forward, man, I just fully expect, and I'm not going to say I fully expect, I'm curious to see, I'm cautiously optimistic that Eric Biennemi and his play calling will help mask and mitigate some of the deficiencies Washington has up front. Because let's be honest, right? It's not a group chock full of five pro bowlers, but it's five guys, though. That if put in the position to succeed, and if they stay healthy, I think they have the potential to be an average group. That's all you need. That's all you need. Last year, that group as a whole was so damn bad that to me, if you could just get average play out of the offensive line, they'll be in a much better position. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. It's the final hour of power here in the program. We'll talk a little basketball. We'll get you the latest on the Damian Lillard situation. We'll also let you hear from the newest
1: member of the Washington Nationals, Dylan Cruz. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.